It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Time to go in the community. Brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, where you can save up to 35%. United Sport and Cycle, your name and your home of hockey for over 95 years. Made a small error there, but I smoothed it over. No problem at all. Joined now by Connor Hood, Sports Info Director of the Alberta Golden Bears. Talk a little bit of football. This has to be refreshing for you and everybody involved in the program because there are ups and downs, but this is a a real highlight and a new plateau for the Golden Bears football team. Yeah, it's the first time since I've been at the university that we've had a football team that's been this deep and talented and the first time they've made a Hardy Cup since 2010. So you could definitely feel the excitement on campus. There's a buzz everywhere about this program and high expectations for Saturday. Well, and it's, it's you know, I remember leading up to the weekend in the, the U of S game, there was, you know, there was more buzz than I can recall for this team really uh, because of the fact that it's Twitter and there's so much other new social media, it seems like you're reaching new heights. I'm sure you feel it being the, the job you have. Yeah, absolutely. Not only does the campus community kind of feel that excitement and that buzz, but the amount of times I've been stopped over the last couple of weeks just by friends or family or people that are associated with the program, they want to talk about Golden Bears football and all the good work that Chris Morris has done with that program. It's It's really exciting. There was a little bit of kind of nervous excitement for that semifinal against Saskatchewan because the previous two meetings were pretty tight against the Huskies, but the Bears sure put those uh, those questions to rest with a dominant win over the Huskies. And there's all kinds of, like, there's just so much that, that seeps down and maybe we don't pay attention to every year, but uh, Canada West announces the All-Star selections and there's there's a few Golden Bears, and I'm sure there's going to be a few of them drafted as well. Clearly, the the, the recruiting is has, has received an upgrade. The coaching, they're coaching up these guys, and the results are, are showing on the field and being recognized everywhere. Yeah, I think the last five or six years, Chris and his staff have done a really good job at, at recruiting, and you could say that he's kind of outclassed some of his counterparts in, in Canada West when it comes to recruiting, but as you know, it's not an immediate fix when you're getting in 18-year-olds to play football. It takes three or four years for the guys to mature and start playing um, up to their capabilities, so that recruiting cycle that started four or five years ago is now really starting to, to show for the Golden Bears. Um, they're deep and talented at the positions that matter, which is not always been the case with this Bears team over the last decade or two. So, yeah, six Bears named All-Stars and all playing key positions, a couple on the offensive line, a running back, uh, defensive back, defensive end. So, like, the, the key positions in Canadian football uh, are the All-Stars for the Bears this year, and that's why they were 6-2 and two and in second place. So for you, I mean, it's, it's you know, you, you, you win. It was a big, obviously, I think there was uh, 23 points in the second quarter, I believe. So I'm thinking for you, you're probably by midway through the second quarter thinking about all the work you have to do for next weekend, right? It's funny. It actually started before the semifinal game because <laughs> the win against the Huskies and then this upcoming game against UBC, the Canada West champion will host the U Sports Mitchell Bowl. So even though we're obviously not guaranteed the spot, we have to win on Saturday, but work's already being done by our athletics department on getting ready for that new sports bowl. There's obviously a lot of requirements and expectations for hosting a, a national semifinal, and you really have one week to prepare for it. So a lot of work is already being done on you know, hotels and accommodations and communications and practice times and media and all the things that go with hosting a game of that kind of high profile on the national stage and we haven't hosted a national semifinal since 1981 so there's this kind of excitement around our our department for what could possibly happen next week. 
Connor Hood, our guest sports info director of the Alberta Golden Bears. Uh, it's been a long time as you, it's been a long time for UBC too, right? Like this is a, uh, you know, I think it's 2015 for them, 81 for Golden Bears. So not exactly identical, but a long time between drinks for both, for both the programs. Yeah. And even prior to that, Vanier Cup title for UBC in 2015. They had a stretch there similar to us, but they were kind of in that middle to low pack of the, the Canada West Conference. So UBC has had a couple blips over the last 20 to 30 years where they won a, a Canada West title or a Vanier Cup that we haven't quite had, but neither team really has been at the, the top of the conference uh, for the most part for the last 20 years. But Blake Nell has done a tremendous job with UBC really turning that program around. And then obviously Chris here, uh, with the Golden Bears, it, it took a little while to get the talent, like I mentioned before, to kind of match up and the recruiting cycles to all kind of sync up. But behind the scenes, Chris had done a really good job since he started here in 2012, uh, really got the alumni to buy back in. Uh, recruiting, he's done a really good job fundraising for the program and then now it seems all the hard work done by the program is starting to pay dividends a bit. Well, and the, the from you know the one thing in looking at the 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 game results, the offense was clearly you know you, you'd expect that in a game with the score the being what it was, but but actually the the you know there's a couple of sacks, three interceptions. There were there were some important things that happened on the other side of the ball defensively, and you'll need that right coming up on the weekend. Honestly, like talking to Chris and talking to some of the athletes after the game, a lot of them said the same thing. It was their most complete game of the season, and it might have been the most complete game they've played in the last three or four years. Um, like you said, the offense was able to get some chunk plays and a couple long touchdowns, which obviously helped, but then their defense was tremendous. A lot of stops, a lot of pressure on their quarterback, forcing him to make some tough throws. Um, it helps when you have a bit of a lead going into the fourth quarter because you can kind of rear ears back and uh, pressure the passer a little bit more and they're able to get a few turnovers the kicking game is really strong too a couple of nice punt returns so really a complete game and they're going to need that against ubc who's had our number so far this year so final question for you connor uh, there there are days i'm sure when you wish the phone would ring or you get an email from media and then there are days like this and the week like this where i'm sure you're getting a ton more than you can handle are you hoping for something in the middle at some point or do you like this better uh, I mean, we always kind of, you know, selfishly complain around here sometimes that the work is too much. We're always too busy, but that's the thing when you have winning teams is you're always going to be busy. And I'd prefer to be busy with a football team that's winning a lot of games and I'm getting six to eight requests for Chris or a, an athlete every single day. And that's better than our season being over. And I remember a few years ago, I was talking to one of my colleagues at uh, a school out west and their season was over in the middle of February and my counterpart was taking a holiday and I kind of made a quip that we've got another two months of winning games left so kind of the, the balance <laughs> of having good programs that win a lot there's a lot of attention and a lot of work that goes into it but it's better than having teams that aren't as successful thanks for this appreciate it you bet thanks for having me on all right there's Connor Hood sports info director of the Alberta Golden Bears talking about the football program it's back baby now, I know you played uh, college football and at a very high level and uh, were a running back, as I recall. Yep. Yep. Uh, played in the Big 12 with West Virginia. It was awesome. <laughs> Great experience. <laughs> Would do it all over again. You know, it's already the bloom's off the rose a little bit. You don't get flustered when I say stuff that's not true. You you kind of roll with the flow. It doesn't oh, phase sure. you at all. You know, it's uh, I miss the, the, the old days where you'd get flabbergasted. Where I would just kind of, you know, curl up into the fetal position and let you berate me. Well, you those good old days. You'd you'd become defensive and and it was funny and I would giggle and now it's gone. 
you know, so soon they grow I can, up and I can go back to that. No, like, I have no, no problem. It doesn't because it's not fair. It's a, it, you've already you've moved on. I'll do anything for the good of the show. If that's what I have to do, I'll do it. Well, we'll see. We've got to morph into something else. We now have to either you need to start attacking me viciously like a rabbit dog uh, or or um, something like that. Maybe a coyote uh, or. Uh, we have to find a third party that we can pick on together. Dave Jameson. Sure. Okay. But Dave's pretty popular. He is. And so, he would give it back hard. Oh, and yeah. And no, he would I mean, be critical and he would be right. Yeah. And he would. he's cutting. He's too smart. We he need, is. We, we, can't, we couldn't do it. Smaller brain people if we can. Yes. We would try and he would carve <laughs> us up like, like turkey on Thanksgiving. Yeah. We don't want to do that. Um Low Tide, there's one guy the Oilers can trade and get a king's ransom for him. Let's do it. Why not? Well, if you're going to make a trade of anybody major, you do that in the summer where everybody can tweak their, their rosters and their cap. There's no way you can trade anybody of of, of huge uh, salary right now. There's, uh, you can, I mean, if you did it, you'd be trading for somebody else of huge salary. How much cap savings will the autos get by sending Campbell down? I think it's three hundred and thirty thousand or like that. It's not much. It doesn't, but apparently it gets. It may, based on what I'm being told, I, I haven't run the numbers. You may be able to get somebody else on the roster. So Skinner plays like crap, and they put Campbell on waivers. He's warming the bench. Not up to stuff last night. Well, he didn't play well. Neither of them have. Is that you making a noise? No, I haven't done anything. Okay, just I've, so you know, uh, Campbell's on waivers. Cal Pickard looks like he's absolutely positively going to get recalled. So I want not any questions about that because it's going to happen. And that's a good thing. You know, find somebody who can stop the pucks. Patsy Klein, I can dig it. Man, she's good. She's so good. Walking after midnight. Three cigarettes in the ashtray. Crazy. Sweet dreams of you. So very good. My mom had a Patsy Cline greatest hits record when I was a kid and played it all the time. Jim Reeves, too. People have forgotten about Jim Reeves, but not me. Best song ever. Willie nailed it when he sang that one. People are waving and you're not responding. They're upset with you. Sorry, I'm trying to get the podcast out. I know okay. uh, I know how valuable that is. So I'm trying. Oh, to... Is that the one with the rant at the beginning on it? Yes. Let me know if that's got a lot of downloads, would you? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I could do this off the air, but I don't like to. I like to <laughs> share everything on the on the air. LT, I think the best move the owners could make would be to acquire Corey Perry from Chicago. I watched him play the other night, and boy, he's full of grit and determination. All the features that we really need. I think there is something to say for you know somebody who you know go out and make some noise. Is there value in Kane? Yeah, but you know Kane wants to go to a contender. He doesn't want to go to a problem. John says, all the people saying McDavid deserves a trade don't realize that McDavid is part of the reason why this team sucks. He's on pace for 15 goals this year. If he's injured to the point where he's affecting his play that much, then why is he playing? I doubt the coaching staff and management are forcing him to play. Well, in hockey, the leader doesn't stop. And he can play well enough, you know. I mean, he's still doing great things. They're just not happening for him. He's not 100%. I know he isn't. 
they're just not very good guys. And Connor McDavid can't save them because he's hurt. And Matthias Ekholm can't protect Evan Bouchard. And, and, and. And you can blame the goalies for not saving, but holy Hannibal's. Some of these shots are coming in, and the, the Oilers have no way of slowing down the rush. You know, people say, well, you have zone entries, okay, but zone entries are not created equal. You know how much torque the Canucks had last night on, I think it was the second goal? They're coming in over the line, and everybody's just backing up to the goalie. Nobody's stopping. Nobody's in front of anybody. Nobody's in a lane. It's almost like they're like, yeah, this is how the goals are usually scored. I'm here, and I can't help anywhere. I, I, I mean... Maybe, maybe this team does need a shake-up trade. Maybe that's what should happen. I just don't see it. I think Ken Holland's team is dead in the water. They don't have any money. They're 21 men if everybody's healthy. They're not getting a lot of cap relief, a little bit, in waving Campbell. But I also think, and I'm going to write about it today for tomorrow, I also think that they have to start thinking about who they're going to trade at the deadline. And maybe we can talk about that today. There's one person who did mention, by the way, the possibility of this happening with Jack Campbell. Did you know that? Did you know there's somebody out there who said it out loud is in this, print? Is this the lead up to, to saying it was you? No, it wasn't. Okay. No, I'm not that smart. But you know who is? Dave Jamison. Daniel Nugent Bowman. Oh, wow. The Athletic. He mentioned it in his post-game piece from last night. Nostradamus. He looked into the well, crystal I'm ball. Well, just saying, you know, I don't know that he's going to give us the lottery numbers, but we could ask. And if we ask nicely, you never know. Could happen. It's possible. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. Ask for Doug. And we say hi to Mary. All right. DNB on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. 118. This is the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Littlest sports listener in the world. Just dropping by to say hello here in the front window at the mall. Like you'd notice. You know, they're out there waving at you and you don't even care. He's gone. Another opportunity missed. Does Connor make personnel decisions? No. I mean, that would be news. We are now joined by our friend Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic, who predicted, by the way, if you'd read his piece, you'd know that uh, he predicted that Jack Campbell could go on waivers, and that has, in fact, happened with, it looks like, Calvin Pickard on the way up. Are, do, you, do you have some kind of crystal ball? Are you a seer of some sort? How do you come up with this, Daniel Nugent Bowman? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. I just said it was a distinct possibility, given that everything, you know, had gone on with this team. I mean, look at look at the goaltending of the hockey club. It's the worst in the, in the league. Um, and the one guy that you would probably want to send down of the two of them would be, would be uh, Jack Campbell, which, uh, Stuart Skinner is clearly the starting goaltender of this team. Not that he's played great by any uh, margin, but he uh, was a starter last year. He was a starter in the playoffs. Uh, I think they can count on more consistent and reliable net mining from him. Although, again, he hasn't shown that this season. Um, Campbell has been the more erratic and disappointing of the two goaltenders in the last year and a half or year and a bit. Um, so the hockey club is, is in desperate need of a shakeup. And, uh, uh, I wouldn't call the news 
shocking today that, that Jack Campbell went on on, uh, on waivers, but certainly surprising given that um, that is the biggest move. And I'm talking about signing Jack Campbell. That is the biggest move that Ken Holland has made as general manager, and, and uh, that just shows that uh, he's eating a big uh, big turd sandwich today uh, in, in putting him on waivers. I, I just wonder, you know, I think fans want something major. This is minor, but it, you know, it's something and you're going to have a different uh, goaltender coming in and maybe, you know, I mean, you know, a better goaltender would be really good right now. There's no doubt about that. But I, I look at the team and uh, certainly the, the goals against are, are frightening. Uh, the, the save percentage is 861. It's the worst in the league. The goals for percentage overall is among the worst. There's 2.62 goals. Only San Jose, Washington, Chicago, St. Louis, Seattle, and Calgary are worse. And their their goal share overall is better than only the San Jose Sharks. So even though we can be critical, and certainly with, with reason of the goaltending, it's not like things are happening at the other end that are fabulous either. Oh, oh my gosh, no. I mean, uh, there's a lot wrong with this team. And the offensive part of the game is the most surprising part, right? I mean, uh, tops in the league in goals, best power play last year. Uh, where has that gone, right? I mean, you're looking at uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl being, you know, struggling uh, probably as much as they ever have in their career. Maybe being on Dreisaitl's um, the exception with Dreisaitl being a good rookie year in a, in a completely different lifetime, but. Um, yeah, for Dreisaitl to go seven games without scoring uh, before he, he got off the side last night, and McDavid now up to six, it's, it's stunning for this team. Um, and, and quite frankly, those two players uh, led to the unraveling in the third period with, with taking those penalties. And I know McDavid said after the game that uh, he didn't feel it. But still took it, and, and, and Dreisaitl uh, taking a 10-minute misconduct with the team. Uh, I believe they were down four two at that point, and the game was still within reach. So, um, yeah, I mean, it starts with them, and then it trickles all throughout the lineup. I mean, uh, I, here, up front, you can look at probably just Ward Fogel as the one guy who's uh, exceeding expectations right now, and even he's cooled off in terms of his production in the last few games. So, um, not a whole lot to like on this. The, the, I would say the defensive part of the game is, is certainly, um, you know, worse. But you're right, out the offensive part is 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 uh, bordering on on just as bad. Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from the Athletic on Sports 1440 in the Lowdown with Low Tide, uh, fans are are they want two things? One, they want a big trade involving Jack Campbell. I don't think that will happen. And the other thing is they want a work ethic. They're not seeing. I think the owners are working hard, just not smart. And and when they make a mistake, like Evan Bouchard, very slow to react to what turned into a two on one and a, a pivotal goal. Uh, th- there's there just seems to be a lack of recognition. From from not just Bouchard, but a lot of players on this team, they're they're sleepwalking a little. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. First of all, we'll, we'll go to Jack Campbell, and, and the, the minors is one thing. It, it saves him one point one two or one point one five, excuse me, million dollars uh, on the cap. Although you know some of that money is, is eaten up by by the recall. We assumed it would be Cal Pickard. 
don't see how you move that goaltender, uh, especially in season. Like, who's picking that guy up? And how do you re- find a, a replacement for him uh, in terms of goaltender within the National Hockey League? <laughs> At this point, it, it's, it's very hard uh, for the for Ken Hall to do that. Maybe something trickles out to get closer to the trade deadline. Right now, uh, I, I don't see it. I agree with you. I, I think the team is working, generally speaking, working really hard. And, and you see that in the first period last night where they had shot the Canucks at one point. It was 18-2, uh, but there, maybe it was 19-2 uh, when that first goal went in. Um, against the Swiss, unfortunately, they were only up one nothing, and I think that uh, uh, was kind of their undoing. And, and as soon as those goals started going in, uh, you can just see, you know, once the second goal, maybe the third, you found it really hard to, to see how they're going in that game. At least yeah. I did. Um, yeah, and and I agree. They're not working smart enough. And um, when things go awry, they don't really um, kind of tighten their skates or, or to, you know, try to use a hockey metaphor, they, they kind of sag and they, they, they wilter. Um, uh, when the going gets tough, like they're, they, they, they have been – Wiltering away the season, and, and that's not something you'd you, you know you expect that from maybe a young team, an experienced team, um, not a team of this caliber, caliber rather uh, that, that's trying to um, win a Stanley Cup that was supposed to be a front runner to win the Stanley Cup, and they couldn't look anything, um, you know, um, they couldn't look further away from that. I should say uh, at this point of the season. Daniel, a uh, final question for you, but it's an important one, and I do think that people are going to. Uh, be calling for this, and I don't think it's right, but I also know how sports works. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, it, you know, there's been talk of if he, the Oilers don't win the next two games or two of the three on the road, one obviously a loss, that we may see a change. How close do you think that is to coming to fruition? Do you think it's possible or even likely? I think it's possible. Uh, do I think it's likely? Not quite at this point, but I mean, you're right. I mean, if they, if they lose... Uh, maybe even as, as early as Thursday night against um, uh, San Jose, but if they lose both games on this road trip, um, Ken Holland, who's been low with the fire co- coaches in his uh, managerial career, might have no choice. And, uh, you know, Jay Woodcroft, uh, again, uh, you know, hasn't coached this team for very long. I believe it's 131 games. Uh, you know, it's a 645 uh, points percentage, and that's with the dip this season. Um, he's been a very good coach. Is he perfect? Uh, absolutely not. Um, I noticed some things in the piece uh, today about, and I know you've noted this, Al, uh, in terms of his, um, uh, you know, unwillingness or um, to, to play younger players. I, I think that's uh, he's been drifting away from that uh, for quite a while now. Uh, there's some other, a few other things, but has he been a very good coach for this team? One of the, the franchise's best. Uh, yeah, he has. So, yeah, you got to. A, you got to find somebody better than that. Uh, B, what's that new coach going to do? Uh, until this team gets at least league average goaltending, I don't think a new coach uh, is going to have a huge um, change in the in the direction or, or makeup of, of this team. So the easiest thing to do is to fire the coach because there are so many guys on long-term contracts who can't easily be moved out. Uh, the coach is just one job doesn't count against the salary cap. Um but how it would actually impact this team, uh, I'm, I'm far less certain about that. I, um, you know, they, this organization has churned out coaches uh, for years now, and uh, to me, it's 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 not the right call. But I, but I do understand 
that uh, we're, we're heading into crunch time here and they might have to do it because they really have few options uh, right now to save the season. I, I lied. I have one more question. The okay, other, the, <laughs> I think it was before the outdoor game, Ken Holland and Paul Coffey went down and talked to the team, kind of give them a, a pep talk. I feel like Paul Coffey is uh, uh, in, in meetings, uh, maybe on, on, well, I know because he's the assistant uh, uh, to the owner or, or uh, um, that's his position. He speaks to the owner. And I, I do wonder at some point in time in the final year of Ken Holland's contract, some of the moves may not be uh, directly Ken Holland moves because they may be moving on. That transition may occur. Are you confident that Ken Holland is absolutely the man in charge of making decisions now, or do you think that process may have already begun? Yeah, it's hard to know with, with this team. I think under Jeff Jackson, things are a little, a little bit more uh, under lock and key. I mean, uh, certainly if you have a guy like Ken Holland in charge who um, – uh, you know, has been a, a general manager in this league for more than a quarter century, um, and it's in the Hall of Fame. I, I think you're you're leaning toward him, and if not, if if he can't be trusted, you're getting rid of him. So um, I, I think at this point, uh, you know, he has you know the final say or as close to it as you can possibly have. I, I think his opinion is still obviously very valued if he's still around. Um, having said that, yeah, you're right. I think the transitional period. It is very much in, in play. So um, Colin has been known throughout his career, especially his time in Edmonton, to be very patient. Uh, I brought this up, I know, on the radio. I mentioned it a lot. Um, but he's made one outside of, uh, of the, um, uh, of the uh, trade deadline, the week of the trade deadline. Uh, he's made one in-season trade, and that was to get rid of uh, Alex Balak as a personal, as a favor, uh, to allow him to play for the San Jose Sharks a couple of years ago. So uh, not a guy that uh, makes bold moves in, in season. He likes to be patient. And, and, you know, to his credit, last season that played out very well. Everyone was screaming for him to get a defenseman. Um, they waited until till, uh, Nashville was out of it, got Matias Ekholm, and that move paid, paid dividends. Go back a couple of years ago, uh, everyone was, was, was screaming for him to get a goaltender with Mike Smith out and Miko Koskinen struggling. Um, he, he held tough and, and Mike Smith ended up coming back for the playoffs uh, or ahead of the playoffs, did very well down the stretch and, and got this team, um, in, you know, as far as they've gone in years and into the, into the, um, the conference final. So sometimes patience is a virtue. Uh, but as, uh, as I wrote in a piece uh, with his son, Brad Holland, the assistant general manager, fortune favors the bold. That's, that's a quote from Brad Holland. And, um, uh, you know, they're, uh, a bold it could be uh, could be in um, could be a desired uh, tactic right now, uh, given the nature of, of this team. The unfortunate part is they have so many guys on, under long term contract with, with trade protection, not very many guys that they can move. The, the the cap is tight around the league, and it's hard to see how they can make a how they can make a move that will upgrade uh, the roster. But uh, if they can, uh, there's no time like the present to try to do it. Do you think Brad Holland is a candidate for the general manager spot? Oh my God, you're peppering! I, I thought that we were we were almost done here, Ali. That's one question. No, uh, you know what? I do. You know, and you know why? Because they're leaning toward analytics right now, right? Yeah. They they hired, hired Michael Parcati, uh in September. Uh, that was a move that had Brad Holland's fingerprint all over it. Um, they hired um, Danny Ryland uh, as a scout, and that was somebody who'd been um, in discussions with this team uh, in the scouting role. And Brad Holland is uh, head of uh, pro scouting. 
uh, going back several months now. So um, I, I think Brad Holland's opinion is, is valued. Um, again, I, I, they're, they're leaning toward that type of, of a managerial um, uh, kind of sway or what have you in terms of the analytics that uh, they haven't in years past. So uh, I think Brad Holland is uh, up in the running. Now, if things go really sideways here and they fire his dad, I'm not sure what the optics would look like uh, bringing in a guy who was that man's son and um, a guy who has no general managing experience. So um, I do think, though, that, that Holland, uh, you know, does have some sway. Uh, his opinion is valued. Um, how things will go over the next few months, I'm not, I'm not as sure about. But I, I think he is uh, in the running in some de- to some degree for the general manager's position. Have I asked you more questions after I said final questions, or did I, did I do more But previous to that? Well, considering that was a question, too, uh, I, I, I think uh, probably it's the latter. Uh, but that's okay. I, I've got time for you, Al. I, I don't mind. Uh, come on, you got to have one more. you got to have one. I do. Uh, what are you doing? You sounded like you were in a car, and now you're out of the car. I was. Uh, oddly enough, I'm on my way to – I'm at the airport right now. I'm on my way to San Jose for something that was planned uh, – weeks ago i wish i were, were going to vancouver today i was supposed to go to the the reason i didn't go to vancouver was i was supposed to go to the bruce springsteen concert last night that ended up getting canceled yeah uh but everything had been had been booked uh by that time and it was a little too pricey to to change so uh i'm on my way to san jose i'll have uh going to sharks practice to to gather some stuff for uh, for a national story down the road uh which i was going to vancouver because uh yeah, stuff's going on there. But I'll catch the team. Uh, I'll catch the team Thursday uh, at the morning skate, and, and for the rest of the road trip uh, that will culminate Saturday in uh, Seattle. Daniel, safe trip and enjoy. And thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. We'll talk again soon. All right. There's Daniel Nugent Bowman. Good fellow. Great interview. Very insightful, and above all, a fantastic writer. Catch him at the Athletic. Lowdown brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. We have an open segment on the way. We're going to talk about lots of things. Maybe this. Scotter says, trade Leon and Connor now before we lose them both. See, I think that that's on the way to Gallo's humor, but not funny. Right? But I know what he's saying. Brad Holland, because nepotism is a good thing. Read Connor McDavid and personnel decisions. Some have said Fogel and Brown are here on Connor's say. I love Connor. However, the superstar might outrank the GM and Cates and is over his head. I, like, I, you know, I, I don't think you can, like, unless you have clear evidence of that, I just, I think that's sort of, is the word conjecture? Hearsay? I'm not sure what the right word is. But I think it's I think it's all easy for all of us to to put two and two together and get what we think is for. But unless there is clear evidence of of it, then I do believe that conjecture. I looked it up. Conjecture is an opinion or conclusion formed on the basis of incomplete information. And I think that's what we have here. And I think for media like me, that's a very dangerous game. Low tide is the new Columba. I would be so happy with that. Uh, Excuse me. Sir, just one more thing. <laughs> I'm probably the only person in the world who is so complimented by being called Columbo. 
I love Columbo. Do you know who Columbo is or was? I think so. Tell me what you think Columbo was. Wasn't he a writer? Uh, and what did he write? I don't know. I don't know. But who is he? I don't want to play this game. It only ends badly for me. Peter Falk was uh, an investigator for the, I think, the law, a detective for the Los Angeles de- uh, Police Department in a TV show called Columbo. And he would he would basically come to your house and with a trench coat that looked like he had never washed it and a suit that had never been pressed and he would spill cigar ashes all over your carpet and he drove I think a Peugeot that had never been serviced and had a dog that may may have never been you know uh, uh, you know uh, um, uh, anyway so <laughs> that was that was Columbo I yeah, love the show I just looked it up I couldn't have been more off I don't know what I was thinking it's okay. I think you were thinking of Murder, She Wrote, and <laughs> Jessica Fletcher, who was one of my favorites as well. All right. That was good. Enjoyed that from all of our guests. You did very well today booking the show, and you felt. did you ever feel like you were going to have to do the show? Uh, no, but I always prepare. Right. Not not to do the show, but I always prepare to do the opening segment if you're late or if you miss something right. or whatever it may be. Do you ever think of like dressing up in like some kind of disguise and then putting the boots to me in the parking lot so I don't show up and then just doing the show like it was... It's not a bad idea, um, no. but I ha- I hadn't thought of it seriously yet. Like it's okay. it's it's floated across the mind right. as it would to anybody. So but. you're still f- counting on my failing health as being getting you there. You're not going to be you know proactive. No, I just you know I, I'll get maybe I'll get somewhere on merit. That's the only goal I really have. All right, uh, that's fair. I will accept that. As yeah, well. yeah. Turned the table on you a little <laughs> bit, didn't I? Nothing to joke about there. <laughs> this is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440 on Twang Tuesday. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick with uh, Mavericks and uh, Raul Malo, their lead singer. Love his voice and love the sound of that band. I also love that you know, if you're a short male and you've seen him sing, you know that he has the, the, the inseam of those of us who are maybe a little a little shorter than the others. I think better, but not everybody does. People are already adjusting the roster to figure out what the hell Ken Holland's going to do with that extra money. And I get that, but I also think that um, I also think that they might just be doing this. They might just be doing this. They're, they're, they're I, I mean, I maybe there's another trade they're going to make, maybe, but they, I think they got to start winning games because if they're going to lose, then they have to change. This is serious stuff. They, they're, I don't know how many points they need to get to a hundred. Well, I do a lot, but like they, if, let's let's say let's say one hundred points gets them to the playoffs. They played eleven games and they have five points. So, in the last seventy-one games, they'd need ninety-five points. That's really hard. It really is. It really is. You'd need like forty-five wins. That's too much, and they can't stop pucks, and they can't score. Do you have Spotify? I do. I do. 
What about it? Well, like I just, my Spotify came up on my phone and I, I'm, I'm apparently the last song I listened to was Lou Reed and Satellite of Love, which I love that song. Okay. What, what's the, does it tell you what you listen to? What's the last song you listened to? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it does. The last song I listened to was, um, um, I don't know that one. No, no, no. It was Never Going Back Again by Lindsey Buckingham. Oh, my God. Well, not this Mac. again. I've had it with the chain and Never Going Back Again. I've been I'm... listening to it for like two days straight. I can't get enough of that song right now. That's it makes cool. me want to right the wrongs in my life. Well, that's an honorable thing to do. Yeah. Would that include not buying the $750 running shoes for that girl? That would be the first thing. What about not getting up during the Go Your Own Way solo? Yeah, that one I can live with a little bit because I, I was handcuffed well, by she's the situation also worth I was it. in. You already told me she's worth yeah. it. So. But the shoes, for sure. Yeah. Ooh. I, might, I, might, I might just email her and ask for a tax receipt or something. Yeah, yeah you can. Just don't, don't do that. Yeah, you're right. It's done. It's, it's, uh, it's in the wind. It's in the ether. It's, it's gone. It's a story you will tell your own children as a, uh, as a tale of what not to do. I do have done stupid things. You just don't know them. Oh, for sure, for sure. The hindsight's always twenty twenty. When I met the girl, I ended up being my wife. I I had no money, or at least I didn't have enough money. So I drove from Red Deer to the Sound Connection, which is just off Jasper mm-hmm. by the brick there, or was I don't know if it is anymore. And I sold him all of my Bruce Springsteen, um, like live performances that were bootlegs, and there's some really good ones. I sold him all of my new wave and punk music, like The Clash and my uh, white blondie vinyl and just stuff that was really valuable and really well taken care of. And I got $475. Is that, is that, was that good? I needed it, and it yes. was really good money, and good. I needed that money because okay. I had I wanted to impress a girl. Yes. Yeah, there we go. So, I mean, there are people right now my age listening to this and going, Fool! For giving away but, all those albums. But I, I got 40 years of happiness yeah, for just, $475. I'm you know. just a fool. In love. Yeah. yeah. No, no, listen good. to us talk on this. Al, I don't know if you brought it up, but what are your ex- expectations for Calvin Pickard? If he, well, I like, think he'll play well because he doesn't know what he's in for. So, okay. but the problem is, you know, everybody gets. Do you remember the Devin Dubnik thing with the? With, do you remember the swarm and everybody was mad at Dubnik and he got torched on national television by oh, yeah. Kelly Rudy and God knows who else was there. They were mad at him, you know, because what happened? The puck goes to the side. Everybody goes there. The puck seeps out to I think Joffrey Lupul and he hammers it home. And people are mad at Dubnik. Why don't the defensemen stay home? And so Dubnik was like, I remember that night. I felt so bad for him. Ryan Nugent Hopkins got hooked too. I think his stick went in his face or something. It was awful. I was so upset I didn't sleep. And I didn't sleep. Devin Dubnik really didn't sleep. And they ended up shuffling him off to, I think, Minnesota for Matt Hendricks. And then he ended up shuffling to Arizona. He got better. And then they sent him to Minnesota. So he went somewhere else. I don't remember where he went. Nashville. So anyway, it ends up being a big schmozzle. And, but Dubnik recovered his career and he had a fine career. That'll happen with Stuart Skinner if they trade him. Ken Holland is absolutely right to, to Jack Campbell's the guy you wave. He'll be bought out in the summer. This shall happen. There's no doubt in my mind. He's not getting traded. He's not getting traded. He's not getting traded. LT, I have an interesting theory without any proof to support. 
Seems to me that players who have newborns also experience a drop-off. Ask yourself when your child was born what your feelings were, because when my children were born, it was an immediate feeling that my life and needs were totally irrelevant. Changed my focus. Why would an athlete be different? Nuge, Nurse, Cece, Brown, Ekholm, Kane, Hyman, and Skinner. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Mark the Keeper. Well, Mark the Keeper, I will say that your theory has been raised with regard to the Oilers many times, often with goaltenders. They're right up there with, is Oscar Kleffbaum coming back? Why does MacT play Toby Peterson all the time? Why does MacT not understand how power plays work? Why is Dallas Aikens obsessed with Corsi? Why can't Taylor Hall wear his helmet during pregame so that somebody doesn't skate over them with their blade and cause his forehead to look funny and for him to miss games? Why did Taylor Hall have to miss a game because he threw a water bottle and hit Dallas Aiken's suit? There are many of these. And the answer may be yes to your theory. I don't have the answer. A friend used to work part-time at Sound Connection. They're always pretty cool guys, I thought. I really needed the money. You know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money. That's the fact. And um, I met a girl, and that happens. And I was working hard, but at the time, you didn't make a lot of money. So I needed that money. And I, I don't regret it. I don't. It worked out amazingly for me. LT, what do you think about uh, Bruce Kerlock said about bringing up Sylvain Rodrigue, who was the one who got Skinner to his level? It's an interesting theory. I, I just don't know why anybody would think that Dustin Schwartz is the problem. And I mean that sincerely. What evidence do we have? Stuart Skinner was a finalist for the Calder Trophy a year ago. Jack Campbell signed and was terrible. You know, Dustin Schwartz hasn't even coached him for that long. I just think it's one of those things where it's it's like a conspiracy theory. You know, everybody thinks everybody else is running around with a chip in their head now. I had somebody say to me the other day that he wouldn't date a girl who had a, a COVID shot. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on with the world? Does everybody just watch Robert Stack and Unsolved Mysteries and think it's all true? Anyway, I don't know. But I think that... I think that the Edmonton Oilers are not trying to be bad. They just are. The newborn angle explains home games, but not away games. Well, I think he was talking about, you know, the feeling that you get. You know, there are, I remember when, when I, my son was born, um, it was February 94. And I remember, um, it was overnight and he was born like at three in the morning. And he went to sleep and my wife went to sleep and I, I was a dad and we had called the mums and dads, uh, that were alive and they were passing along the information and it was too early for me to call any of my friends. But I remember that moment like yesterday and I remember thinking to myself, you should go to sleep because you are going to get today off, but you need to work tomorrow and you haven't slept in 27 hours. And then I thought, why? And I was just happy the whole day. Uh, just just genuinely thrilled with life. And so I was useless for like three or four days in a row. But I didn't really care. 
Four fifty was good money at the time. I think it was four seventy five, but yeah, it was. Looks like this defensive zone change was an absolute disaster from D Man. Well, I remember when people were harping on it, and I kept saying it's it's the execution. You can do any, you can say anything you want. You know, I know when baseball players change their batting stance, everybody go, okay, well, all right, this is good. If you're a sucky hitter, you're going to be a sucky hitter no matter how you stand when the the ball's you know going toward the plate. I remember one time I can't remember who. I loved Robert Stack. Okay, um, for the first time in his career, McDavid's stick isn't yellow; it's silver. Go back to yellow. Well, as we start winning, well, see now this is the kind of theory I like. Hopefully, Woodcroft uh, writes the shift, but if not, oh, the oldest chances of getting Brett Sutter out of Red Deer. Flames fans' heads would explode. Well, I don't know what kind of coach you'd want after Woodcroft. He's a player's coach. He's an analytics... I think he's an analytics guy. Um, I don't know. Like I think you'd go for a veteran, and I think Gerard Gallant would be the guy. Maybe, maybe um, Claude Julien who 23 years ago quoted or coached the AHL team for the Oilers. I think that there's always a way for fans to get upset about things, but I, I think you really... One thing I would suggest to you is to to you know find real information before you say fire this guy or whatever. I mean, I think Jay Woodcroft's going to get fired. I don't think he deserves to, but I think that's the way it's done. If you watch Skinner, his positioning, glove levels, hands, everything is the same as when he came up. He just isn't making good decisions. Well, I'm just saying that I don't think you can blame Dustin Schwartz for that. It's, it's you know, it's possible to get shell-shocked. I mentioned that at the start of the show today. Sometimes things happen to players and they get overwhelmed and they lose confidence. And I think that's the case for Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell now. It doesn't mean they're bad people or even bad hockey players. They're just not playing well right now. Okay. On the way, Jason Greger and the Jason Greger Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope I didn't yell too much, uh, and I hope that you had a good day anyway. Tomorrow is another day, and we will definitely be back. It'll be Bruce McCurdy's turn on the hot seat. On the way, Jason Greger and the Jason Greger Show. It's time now for an update.